Hall of fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk playoff basketball. Okay, hold on. I'll slow down. I'll slow down. We're not in just yet. This random years, I should say, not just one year, but it is the third year of the plan. But since basically growing up, watching the NBA, a seven seed would get you in, especially a seven seed that is up by like six games. But I digress. I digress. There's still hope, folks. There is still hope for us Timberwolves fans here to get the sixth seed and just be in, not even to fake with the Clippers and Paul George who came back with the vengeance, of course. Utah has faltered down the stretch. We're going to break down the last three games left on our schedule and the odds of what our record and their, meaning the Utah Jazz, without Stockton. They don't have Stockton, I don't think. Still got Malone, but not Stockton. As they fell to that sixth spot. So we're going to break down, you know, since last Monday, the last time we did a podcast, the Wolves went 2-1, and one, back-to-back dubs. They did drop one to Toronto, but, you know, it is what it is. Anthony Davis, Davis is still hurt, by the way. Anthony, our Anthony, not Davis, although it would be nice to have him too. I'm sorry, Cat. Don't get too mad. Um, he's been going off of late. We talked about how his third, you know, three point shooting has gone up. Just in general, he's been scoring uh, at a higher rate, a rate that we came accustomed to. And man, he really went off in that fourth quarter against Denver. Came through last night as well. So we'll talk it through. Cat's still dominating. Still some other issues that we'll talk minorly about. A variety of things we'll talk about, breaking down just where we're at with the Timberwolves season. And then we'll have a gopher segment. That's a joke. That's a joke. Unfortunately, no gopher segment. They're not in the Final Four or the championship game tonight. But, hey, we can still talk about them. But, anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here podcast under the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Sticker, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts, someone said the other day. I was like, oh, that's right. That is a thing. Um we're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. They've been having a little bit of uh, issue posting shows uh, for good reason. I won't get into the reason, but just a heads up there. Um, and one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. You can upgrade to the choice or ultimate package that gives you three free months of HBO Max, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, and you get to enjoy TBS tonight for the National Championship, and if you go to the Premier Package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included, that's direct TV strength. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. The last time we spoke, we thought there's a chance for two and one. But we also talked about one and two 
Um, you know, we didn't know when Beasley was for sure going to come back. We had already – we knew McDaniels probably wasn't going to come back. Fortunately, Beasley came back and actually got some rust off himself. But here we are. The Timberwolves went 2-1-1. and one. Three games left. Still got a really nice record. Holding that seventh spot real strong. Week Timberwolves basketball here. Yeah, I mean, I'm still – Sad about this gopher segment that's not going to happen. I, you know, build my hopes up on that one. I don't know what I'm going to do without it. But, yeah, I mean, two and one we thought was doable. And, you know, we talked a lot last week about, you know, can Ant, you know, get his scoring back up. Uh, We talked about Russell and how he's been playing coming down the stretch. And, you know, they went through a little bit of a lull. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, and it seems like they're coming up on the other side of it now. Of course, we don't have McDaniels yet, and I don't think there's any word as to when he's coming back, and that's a little bit worrying to me. But like you said, we got Beasley back, so we're, you know, we're rolling so you know decently well coming down the stretch here, and uh, it's a new thing, I guess, you know, to have the record we do at this point in time. But um, you know, I'm not going to complain about it at all, and especially if we're looking to keep a hold of whatever seed we think we might have at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of still put it in my head that I've really been trying to enjoy this season just in general. Um, And I'm still going to enjoy it no matter what the outcome is. Um, Even if it's unfortunate, I still got, you know, it's who knows. I mean, maybe, you know, Phoenix didn't make the playoffs in the bubble, but had a nice stretch down, kind of got their group, made a trade. Boom. They're a good team. We kicked Denver out of the playoffs in 2017-18 on the last uh, day of the season, and look at where they're at above us. They're actually out of touch now. More than likely, you'd assume things can happen. It's been fun down the stretch. The East has been really fun to pay attention to. It now does seem like there's some sort of hierarchy there, but Miami's definitely going to have the number one seed, it seems. But, you know, it's – it's it's there's a lot of teams over there in Brooklyn because of their injuries and because Kyrie didn't want to get the vaccine. That's been an issue too, and and now they're in the playing scenario. But you definitely we talk about the Clippers and Paul, Paul George. You definitely don't want to see uh, Brooklyn um, in that playing now that Kyrie can play because they lifted the restrictions in New York. So I mean that in in you know a lot of places now. So. Um, yeah, that that's it's interesting, man. It's been fun, and it's just fun. Here we are, April fourth. It's not April Fool's Day. The Timberwolves are a pretty damn good club with a bright future, with enough cap room down the stretch, and they're in the next couple of years that they can, you know, make a trade. They could tweak the roster, and uh, but it's nice to, you know, it'll be nice to see. Either way, how this thing turns out, um, that Toronto game real quick, like, um, you know, Ant came out, made, you know, a couple of big shots early. Um, you know, that they, they came, Timberwolves came out pretty damn good. D'Lo was getting to the rack. Uh, you know, Cat was kind of all over the place early. He had, you know, I think, I think he had like five or four turnovers and then two fouls by the end of the first quarter. It was like, yeah, yeah, he's doing good early, and then no. And Pat Bev picked up a tech. He had three fouls in that game. That didn't help 
as well. I shouldn't say in that game in that first quarter it was thirty to twenty. Um, the the Timberwolves built up this lead to like I marked it down forty to twenty three, and gave it all back pretty damn fast. The Raptors started going off from three in the third quarter. They were ten of fifteen from three, just three alone. And at the half, we're actually down 59-58. Um, and that kind of continued. You know, they, they couldn't um, miss from three. It felt like we had sloppy play, some bad turnovers. Ant did his best to keep us in, you know, keep pace. Uh, but it was just too late, too little. And, of course, you know, four minutes left of the third, Mr. Four fouls third quarter. Good old cat who's dominating, uh, you know, he, he that that reared its ugly head. However, though, the bounce back was that Nuggets game. And D'Lo finally got off a little bit, had 10 quick points. Cat was going off. I mean, really going off. And this is the frustrating thing, Aaron. He was 5 of 5 in the first half or in the first quarter, 23 to 15. Ant had some really nice assists. Like I said, D'Lo was getting to the line again, and then a couple of stupid falls. And, you know, with three minutes left, he, he picks up two falls, like, real quick, back-to-back. And Vando and Nas actually came in, and they said, hey, Cat. Uh, well, Vando was already in. We had to bring in Nas a little early because of that. And they had two falls apiece as well. So we had six falls from three bigs. And, of course, 8.37, Mark Cavett down the third fall pretty damn early in the second, just coming in. Bad fall, really obvious obvious one, too. And uh, it just looked like, here we go, dude. Like, you know, we, we were playing good. They're back in the game. Even in the third quarter, you know, they got up 79 to 67 a few minutes in. Cat picks up his fourth fall, and it's like, oh, here we go. By midway point. It's damn near a tie game. They actually took the lead in that quarter, but luckily Cat came back and Ant really closed that fourth quarter. Um, damn good. So overall, the Denver game, um, it was mostly the fourth quarter where Ant went off, and then yesterday in Houston, he was going off, Aaron. And, and the three-point shooting in the last four games, five of nine, four of seven, three of seven, and he hit four, four of 11. Um, yesterday. So as far as Ant shooting and, and scoring in general, um, he's really back in, in with that confidence that we need stepping into these playoffs, no matter if it's playing or the sixth seed. Yeah, I was going to bring that up and say that, you know, I don't want to jinx it and say this is playoff Ant already, but it does bode well for what you might see Edwards do in the playoffs and situation. I'm not going to say he's going to rise up and, and take over games, but I kind of think he might. And and it's like, you know, um, yeah, he's not shooting four for 11 isn't great, but it's the timely threes that you want. And uh, I'm not worried about his real confidence about it because in his interview, he said, you know, Hey, there's only one thing to do about that. And that's keep shooting it. And they'll, they'll go in eventually. I think him and Russell kind of are in that situation at the moment where it's just like, you know, Shoot them up and get your stroke right because you're going to need to have it uh, in the playoffs, whether that's play-in or, or whatever. We'll get to whatever seed they end up in. But I really think you're going to see uh, a different Anthony Edwards. And I, I'm not going to – you know, you don't want to say uh, 
that in, you know, for sure, but just the way he's kind of building, Chris, these last week or so, it's just kind of like, okay, fourth quarter, you know, like KG said, you know, bring it to the ticket. It's kind of feeling like that a little bit with Edwards, and especially when you can't really, you don't really know where Cat's going to be in the fourth quarter. He could be riding the pine from fouls, yeah. or he could be in there, he could be hanging with one foul, can't really play defense. You know, it's it's tough, so you got to be able to lean on Ant, I think, in those situations, and I think he's really stepped up and is maybe, again, knock on wood, maybe he's taking that, that role of uh, 1A or 1B, whatever you want to put him and Cat on this team. Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, I mean, he Cat's 1A, clearly, but I get your point throughout any kind of game, uh, through the playoffs, at times, whatever it is. And he's, through his short career so far, let's repeat, He's only 20. He's going to be 20 all year long. He's not turning 21 until August, which is just music to my ears. But he has had that huge quarters, you know, like not much, not much third quarter, just go off for 17 or 20, you know. So he has that in him. We know that. Not just a great game overall um, where he goes for 40 or whatever, 30 plus. But um, so we know he has it. It's there. Um, and now that he's healthy, even, you know, even, and this is youth on your side, he went down, kind of bent his ankle a little bit yesterday, you know, kind of just manned it out, walked it off, came back in, and then like a few minutes later <laughs> went to the rack with a vengeance and just monster ducked down the lane, dude, just just looking like about two months ago, Ant, and to close the season last year, Ant. And, yeah, man, I mean, the only the only knock on him right now is just getting to the free throw. The last four games, uh, he's gotten to the free throw free throw line four times in four games. Um, but that'll come, uh, you know. Back he needs to be about six to eight a night uh, on average uh, if he's gonna, you know, build up to what we think and, and a lot of us know he can be. Um, and that that'll come in time. There are some games where he really does. Another thing I've seen lately is is assist, um, and he had an eight eight assist game not, uh, two games ago, something like that. And uh, last night I think he had five. Him, Cat, and D'Lo had you know uh, I think they all went for I think five five and nine or something like that uh, when it comes to assists. So that was big too. Um, the big three just in general, you know. It's been this game of how are we going to blend these guys together, and when it's going, man, it is going, no doubt about it. So I'm really, really happy to see him do that. Um, as far as Cap, or Cap, I mean, he, you know, stepping up when needed. The dude has just been a terror in so many ways. Um, of course, you know, it's now documented on this show here a few weeks in a row, 10 of the last 12 games he's gotten into what you'd say is real foul problems. Last night he had five, but it wasn't exactly the the regular, uh, you know, the regular deal that it, it's literally clockwork. It wasn't clockwork last night, so I got to give him credit. And early on, Cat had it going. I mean, he was he was driving like he has, but he also was getting – he was doing damage in the post, and he was getting the ball fairly low in the mid post. I mean, he was he was playing great. And at the end of the first quarter, J Mac went off the glass uh, to end it, forty two to thirty two. 
a Kogi without Pat Bev and obviously McDaniels as well. Um, a Kogi got some play and actually played really well, especially early in the second. But Ant, dude, I mean, 15 points, three of five from three. Cat was six for six, three points. Midway through this freaking second quarter, 65 to 48. D'Lo was getting to the rock more, 13 points. 72 to 55 with two minutes left. And that's when that whole disgusting dunk happened. Ant twisted his ankle a little bit. And just, like I said, disgusting dunk. But 80 to 66 at, at half. Um, and, and Ant, yeah, it was five assists apiece for Ant and Cat. And D'Lo had nine. 32 as, as a team. Now, down the stretch, it got a little funky. No doubt about it. I think at some point we had a 27-point lead. It started to shrink a little bit in the third. In the fourth, that got weird, um, and I guess you could say at that point, Cat wasn't in the game because all of a sudden there was not really foul problems because that five is, like I said, a little misleading. But point being, they got it done. They closed the door. Um, so now, you know, they're sitting in a pretty good spot. Um, beyond the foul problems, though, Cat has just been, like, beyond aggressive this year. And there are going to be times, you know, because they are trying to take away his drive so much with two people that he's got to have a game in there, Aaron, that he just shoots 10 threes. Because, like you said with Ant, like probably five to six of them are going in. He even, you know, some nights maybe eight of ten. Because they're just, it's there. It's like they're – it's funny to say, but that's the shot they're giving them now. And it's like, damn, I mean, if they're going to give Cat the free – I mean, not always, but a, a fair amount, and you've seen him push it a little bit more. Um, but that's what he's going to have to do because if he wants that stuff to loosen up a little bit, you start knocking, knocking that down, they're going to worry about that too. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And, you know, I wouldn't say they're giving him the three, but they're letting him shoot it, or he's finding ways to shoot it. And then again, you know, seven foot, you want to shoot a three, you're going to shoot a three. It's a is that a lot anyway? True, yeah. yeah. It, but, you can have three guys um, out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a point where he is going to shoot 10, 11 threes at some point, you know, matchup wise or, or whatever, you know, if he has the, uh, the ability to do so. I, I just don't know, um, like you said, uh, beyond the foul problems, but it's really hard to get beyond that in a way for me because it's like, okay, let's say theoretically we're in game two of a series with a team and, you know, they know to go at him and get fouls on him. I mean, that puts us in a really bad spot. And, you know, he gets put 30 in the first half, but if you can't use him in the second half, that's where it gets difficult. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know about these fouls that he's picking up and, and how they're going to hurt in the long run. I mean, there are big men are going to get fouls, but when you have one so offensively gifted and you're so reliant, reliant on him in the offensive side of the ball, it's a, it takes a different turn, and I don't know if you're going to, you know, if you can trust Nas in there with Cat to, to be a defender on ball in the post and take the the score from the other team and maybe help Cat avoid some fouls, but he seems to walk into them sometimes. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you're, you've got the great out, offensive output, yet the Achilles heel is picking up a third foul in the second quarter, and then you don't really – that negates the offensive output uh, for that stretch of time. 
where Ant comes in and D'Lo comes in at this point is to fill up whatever scoring offensively that Cat uh, on the bench uh, is lacking for the team. So I, I just want to see him somehow get control of, you know, maybe get to know the referees, what they're going to call, get to know who, you know, instead of hating all of them, maybe pick a few that you could know their tendencies and play accordingly. I'm not saying he doesn't do that already. It just doesn't appear to be so. And I'm not sure, you know, the nuances of post-defense are something that he's really boned uh, himself up on as far as studying. And, and I, he just needs to know how important it is for him to be available and on the court uh, in big games. And now we're about to look at nothing but big games. Yeah, I mean, I went, I said beyond that because I've been really on rants of it lately. So I was just trying to like let you go off on one. Uh, but yeah, that's why we've been talking about it because the guy's been brilliant, but that's damn. I mean, that was our most important stretch of our season, you know? <laughs> so it's like, damn, dude, and, and 10 out of the 12, like that's fucking crazy. Um, but you know what it is? He is actually doing a good job. Now more of communicating with refs, refs, talking it through with them, and and showing some you know um, improvement there. It's really just the emotional falls to grab the arm, dude. You grabbed his fucking arm, man. No one's gonna go review it. You grabbed his arm, dude. Stop. Like just you know competitive nature. Like Michael Jordan in his head probably never did anything wrong, right? Because that's no, no, no. It's not me. It's a no, no. It's it. You know, because that's yeah. that. I get that part of it. Yeah. But then again, did we see? And, and, and let's bring it down here to KG, right? Because you mm-hmm. know Jordan, you know the brilliant player. But KG was a freaking psychopath on the court. Well, I talk about emotion and passion and rage and all these things, but you didn't see the guy this much, especially important games, in foul problems. So it's really just his issue. You know, these refs are going to call good bad, good falls, bad falls. Because he, he's so aggressive, he gets plenty of falls where you're like, eh, that's kind of ticky-tack, but he, he got it. You know, he, he's on the line now. You know, that happens. And I think just stay aggressive. And I, I think that it's really just grabbing a guy. Dude, you mm. grabbed him. You ha- You can see, like I remember uh, with with the uh, Jokic uh, with the Denver game, he's got Jokic cupped already. And yeah, Jokic put up his arm because he's like, "Dude, get off of me!" And you know, but the ref saw you, your arm draped and then cupped around his hip, moving him. You caused the foul first, dude. It's just real basic shit. And then he'll go back down the court and then grab somebody. And be like, "Well, this is what he did to me." No, dude. It's not the tit for tack. It's just that's not how it works, man. It's just not how it works. And a lot of times, even in that back and forth, you know, they, they always catch the second guy a lot of the times. You know, that, that's how it happens in the NFL a lot. It's like, dude, I understand your frustration, but take it out on the court, not on the, yourself because you're, you're, you're hurting the team. But, uh, yeah, man, yeah, we'll because he had a stretch there where this was not happening, Aaron. Yeah, I get the impression that it has to do with, like, the six or seven years where, you know, he wasn't the three-point champion, and he wasn't getting calls he thought he should have got, and so now he's expecting to get these calls, and they're not coming as quick as he'd want them to come, and so this is a whole mental block thing he's got going on 
uh, I suspect that, you know, it's like, dude, you're just going to have to, you know, just take your lumps at some point. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to get the calls until next season, or maybe you never will because you've already, you know, pissed off every ref in the, in the NBA at some point, or maybe gradually you're going to have to earn these things. And especially now that your team's relevant and before it didn't matter, your team's not relevant. It doesn't matter, but now it matters. Your team's relevant. There's, a lot riding on each game, each possession almost now. And, you know, you have to be aware of the fact that it's not just, you know, you that are picking up the foul. It's the rest of your team, the situation, all the stuff. And, you know, I'm sure he gets an earful of this every day from Finch. And he's just got to take it on board and maybe, like, you know, humble himself a little bit for the referees. You know, not so much that you're not aggressive anymore, but just so that you, you, you maybe go unnoticed by the refs a little bit. if you you know, bring yourself to their attention so much, of course they're going to see that arm around Jokic or, or you know, whatever else that it or maybe a, a charge becomes a, a block. Or, you, know, you just have to figure out, you know, what you're doing. And offensive fouls he doesn't get a lot, a lot of that I can think of. But, Not as much. Not as much now. But he's got to, like, you know, I don't know, learn how to temper it a little bit and, and, and maybe play a little ghost defense at times when you have two fouls in the, in the second quarter. You know, like, I don't care what the guy said to you. You know, you got to back down it sometimes for the, for the uh, advantage of your whole, or your whole team. And like I said, I don't think, you know, you and I are not saying things that he probably hasn't heard already. It's just something that, it's a, something in his head that just, you know, won't, won't seem to work itself out. Yeah. It is. It's 100% mental because he literally goes back down and he just creates a bad foul. And and it is more on defense as well now. I mean, it's not as much, let's put it that way. Um, It'll be just him with a cheap foul. And they'd be like, dude, that's on you, man. (laughs) But he has to know. He has to know that playoffs, that's that's the first thing they're going to do is just come at him and just come at him. Chris, we've been talking about it all, all season that that's just, it's on the horizon now. And it's like, God. You got to fix it because that's my game plan going in against the Timberwolves would be that just go at Cat, just go at yeah. him, make him follow you, just make him follow you, piss him off, irritate him, yep, get him crying, you know, do what you got to do to get in his head and and just get him out of the game. Best way. And, and yep. once you do that, then I'm not saying we're hopeless, but boy, that really disadvantages us, you know, greatly. Yeah. It does. I mean, we're already getting offensive rebounded to death. We already don't have another solid rebounding uh, defensive big. And then when we take him out, who he's played good on defense this year, it really gets out of the There's just not much we can do. Um, and he's at 13 technicals right now. And some technicals are really good. you got to do it once in a while. Some, man, eh, not so much. But when you hit, you know, you can only get 15 of them. And then it becomes you get suspended for a game, and that happens in the playoffs as well. So um, he's got to think about that as well. And you know, if he's this emotional, what's it like? What's it going to be like in the playoffs? Right? It's going to be ramped up. And um, and maybe because this is such an important stretch, we already saw a preview of the ramped up, uh, you know, cat. Um, because there was like a chunk of this season where we didn't have to talk about. Didn't have to talk about that. He was just wasn't doing as much. I speaking of talking about something, um, two guys, D'Lo and J Mac. J Mac. We talked about the threes uh, coming from Ant. J Mac. 
never really been a good three-point shooter, but man, even, you know, his, 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 uh, the way he pushes the ball, um, his turnover to assist ratio off the bench, the guy is filling his role about as best as you can off the bench, especially for a point guard. He's not a sixth man. He's a backup point guard, and man, is he a good one. And we still have him under contract two years past this. And he's – I do want to highlight this, this though. The last chunk – again, there was a Dallas game, three of five. The last two games, three of three, three of four. The last ten games overall shooting 60%. Um, that just adds another layer, layer because earlier in the season – teams and then even that spot where Noel came in uh for a while he was act teams were actually slagging him off the three and saying hey go ahead take that we're not going to let you drive or a purposeful drive you know he he's very purposeful with his drive and uh he's a very important part of that second unit we could talk about Beasley we could talk about how Delo comes in early and helps that unit and we could talk about Prince and all that but J-Mac as the Backup point guard has filled his role phenomenally. So I definitely wanted to say something about him um, beyond just the turnover assist. Well, I like the fact that, that uh, I like the fact that I, I can kind of see Finch's mind working here a little bit, and I love it. It's like, uh, you know, you're going to get to a point and maybe match. This is why I want to see a series so bad. We got to get that six, you know, that six spot. But, um, you know, you can use. J-Mac in a lot of different ways, as well as, you know, that moves makes Russell a two-part player, too. You, you can put J-Mac and Russell together. It's a one-and-two combination. Uh, and that's a, a – and then you basically got two points, but with a scoring point and a, and a pure point. And then, you know, you have three points shooting from Russell out of that, facilitating from Russell out of that. Or you can, you know, go with the starters, Russell and Edwards. You can mix up these combinations, Chris. I remember uh, last season we talked about this glut of, of backcourt players that we had and what we were going to end up doing with them all. And we did touch on it a little bit in the in this season, but there was a big talker last season. And it seems to be kind of working itself out here. Obviously, Rubio's gone, and, and uh, you know, but you've got Beasley in his role, and he's content in it at least. Now, he might not love it, but he's content in it. And uh, Russell and J-Mac doing what he's doing, it just kind of like little pieces of – studying all season of who does what well. And I think you're going to see combinations that you might not see depending on matchups and everything you might not have seen uh, coming down the stretch of the season or even earlier in the season, depending on, on matchups and what's going on. It's just exciting for me to see uh, in my head or at least think about all the different combinations. And speaking of combinations, I mean, that's something we need to talk about with Jaden because he's a matchup nightmare. If you can keep him on the court, we need to get him on the court. He's a matchup nightmare. He can, you know, he's a little too quick for a four, a standard four, and a little too tall for a for a three. So it's like use him, you know, and hopefully he'll be back. But I just start to see all the pieces kind of work into place here, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and, you know, and there's some games that call for a guy that's going to just go crazy to the racket every single time no matter what, and that's Noel, you know. He's going. He's going there. He's going to get there. Um, and if you're having to worry about him, with extra bodies, then you're in probably bad shape at that point because then the ball movement's there, and he isn't a guy that'll just continue to make bad shots. He will pass, although we don't ask him to do it much. We ask him to go in there and get to the rack and, and get as close as you can to the hoop and score. 
Um, and that's what he's really good at, man, creating his own shot. Um, and that's something that, you know, J-Mac is not as good at. D-Lo at the mid-range can do it. He's getting better at driving, but he's still slow-footed. So it's Noel and Ant are like the guys that can really uh, just get it that way. And that's what's great about this all-purpose. And you're right, dude. Like, the last 15, 20 games, we tried to temper it, but we were saying these do count, man. They actually count where we were with all the injury stuff and the COVID stuff to where we're finally getting to see it. And I don't think, you know, without those games, you know, it gave us a test run on a lot of stuff that we're still using. You know, for a second there, we tried to take – not have D'Lo be with the second unit as much, didn't work as good. Um, I think at some point down the line, whether it's next year, year after, you know, we do want Ant in that position so he can just be, okay, Ant, this is the time you get to be number one guy, no question about it. Just go off, dude. To have to, you know, a defense to deal with Ant at the beginning of the second quarters and at the beginning of fourth quarters, when they got their bench guys in, uh, it just makes you have to – you know, at some point have the best defender on him and that dude's going to get tired, you know? And so that, that's, that's huge. Um, and then D we talked about the scoring. He, that needs to pick up the three point shooting, especially, um, these back to back games. He's definitely finding the groove. I think he had 20 in the first half against, um, Denver, I believe. Uh, and he's getting the line. Uh, even that Toronto game, six of eight, the Denver game, 10 of 11. He got to the line 11 times, uh, four of four last night, finding his groove. Um, and like you said, with Dan and D'Lo, they both have that mentality. And speaking of what you said about that quote about just shooting them, it's not going to go in if you don't shoot with Ant. He talked about this a while ago. He talked about how his grandpa and then some old, like, older guy that was always around, whether it was coaching or just with them, and they get in the car and drive to different gyms and different workouts and different games, and Ant said he just used to listen to this old-timer. And that's why he has all these old-timing sayings, dude. And it's like, yeah, it makes so much sense now. He was just listening to an old head talk. And he's like, And he always says, you know, he used to tell me, and then he'd throw out a line, and you're like, dude, it's so it's funny as hell, but there's a lot of truth behind what he's saying. And not just saying it, but it's in your mind. It's mentally stamped in your head. And that's the difference with some guys. And Ant has that. And, of course, D'Lo has it because he has a proven record of clutch shooting. But it's still, like you said, you got to just do it, dude. Just, just do it. You don't want to take a bunch of bad shots. No, that's not what we're saying. And that's not what he's done. And that's another thing, being 20, uh, to not take bad shots like he was earlier in his, you know, his rookie year. And even in that long stretch where he was settling a little bit too much for outside jumpers, this guy has just got so much. You talked about how Beasley's coming back. You know, McDaniels has been working out. Uh, he's back. He's now day to day, uh, which is a nice step up from just being listed as out. Um, so, they're just being pretty damn safe with them. Um, but, yeah, that'll definitely be nice. Um, so here we are. Washington, Spurs, Bulls. The Bullets, yeah, I know it's the Wizards, but the Bullets, the Spurs, and the Bulls. All three games at home, which is nice. And all of a sudden, 
Utah is struggling down the stretch, man. They really are. Um, and they're doing it while they're healthy because they had their, what you could say for sure, their best two players out for a while, and they struggled. Then it looked like they, they got a couple of good wins, and you're like, okay, they're starting to come back. And now they, they just lost the Golden State in the last part of that game just dramatically. And they're they're coming down here, man, and they've come down all the way. Like, Denver's out of sight now. Dallas for a second. This last week, Aaron, they actually – Dallas had gone to the third spot. Now, Golden State got it back right now, but um, they're still without Curry. So we don't know how they're going to – we talked about last week. They could falter a little bit and fall down. You never know. But here's Utah, a game and a half, and they have Memphis, OK City, Phoenix and Portland, and we talked about this on air or off air before we started recording. Phoenix is more than likely Chris Paul is going to play in that game because he's just returning from his minor injury. And Memphis, I think they have the second seats uh, locked down, but it still they're pretty good even if Ja didn't play. But I'm assuming they're going to still play because the way that the, the playoffs are set up now is every team that makes the playoffs. Six seeded up, they get, you know, some games are going to be done Saturday, some Sunday, but they at least get five game, five days off. So one to take a couple of, you know, days off with the legs and a, and a couple to practice too and get, you know, lined up for who you're playing. Um, so a game and a half away, if they, theoretically, Aaron, they, Utah could go two and two, can the Wolves go three and oh? to close yep. this puppy down. Yeah, they can. Now, will they? That's the question. But can they? Of course they can. Uh, the Bullets slash Wizards, uh, you know, if you want to say you beat them at home. Um, Chicago at the end of that stretch, that's, uh, that's probably the biggest challenge of all. But uh, that middle team, too, let me take a look real quick. Uh, San Antonio. Now, they can be pesky, um, but I think we've handled them pretty well this season. So, yes, I think you can. Now, will you? I'm going to say probably not just because I have the old Timberwolf, you know, feeling inside of me that they'll probably drop one. And, um, but I, I hope not because if, if you can go 3-0, and Utah with anything, what, Utah's – if we go 3-0, and Utah's got to go, what, 3-1 and out of I their stretch? So. And those teams so. are not – it's not like we have Phoenix and – yeah, uh, on our on our side of our schedule, so you know it, it bodes well for us uh, as long as we take care of business and go three and zero. But is that likely? I want to say it is because they're home games, Chris. And if you can't depend on your team on in, on home court, then what are we doing here? And uh, Chicago, like I said, is a tough team, and I think we've haven't played them particularly well, but I think the last time I saw uh, them matched up against the Wolves was uh, in Chicago. And so I want to say at home will fare better. Plus, if you say you're building momentum, we're starting to see a different ant. We're starting to see a different cat. It seems like the intensity is, is ratched up. No better place for that to be than home. So I'm going to go ahead and say they go 3-0. and I was going to say 2-1, and but you know what? I'm not on the fence anymore. I really think uh, the way this team is trending, uh, hashtag technology, new words, uh, I think that we'll go 3-0 and and, and and not limp in, and hopefully we can get Utah to, to fumble a little bit more 
and, and solidify that sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, I think they can go 2-1, and one, you know. I'm pretty confident they'll go 2-1, and one, but I'm right with you. I'm going to say 3-0 and oh as well. I feel like that would make it 5-0 and oh to come into the playoffs. Um, Washington's, you know, can't make the playoffs. So, you know, who knows where they're going to be at right there. Um, Chicago is in the fifth spot, and they're five and a half games out. Just not like they're going to get the first spot. But Chicago's fifth, and they must have had the advantage uh, during the season with Toronto because they have the same record and they're above them. Um, so that maybe that maybe that's conference. Maybe they two and two it and they have a better conference, twenty nine and twenty, and and they have a better divisional too. So that either way, they got them there right now as it is. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's like, well, by the time we get to Chicago, who knows? Maybe Toronto loses and they'll just have the fifth spot, you know, down pat. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know when Toronto plays their last game. Um, that that obviously plays into it. The, t- the team we just beat or, you know, played, they almost beat Miami. They just beat us. They play on Sunday at the Knicks. So we'll see where that stuff stands. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I feel like there's a damn good chance that they're going to go 3-0. and But at minimum – Two and one. I do not see one and two. Last week we kind of thought, man, one and two is pretty realistic because, you know, Beasley was hurt too. And it's like, damn, get me Daniels and, and Beasley. And we've proven that we need pretty much all hands on board because they're all on deck because, you know, it, it doesn't matter who's doing it that night off the bench, but we need everything. You know, we need all that. We're not this developed team just yet all the way. We need all that stuff, and we still have only 14 bodies on the Timberwolves right now. We have an open roster spot, so that uh, big is uh, there's a 6'10", 255 big out there named Greg Monroe. Um, He is going to be out of a 10-day contract here soon. He's been, I think, on three different teams, including us, during our COVID issue. he played in the G League for a little bit just to stay in shape. I think it's Milwaukee. I can't remember who he's on right now, but they're not going to need him. They're actually resting someone uh, with a little minor thing right now, so they're just using him. If he comes free and we enter the playoffs, whether it's play, you know, no matter what, playing or whatever, without a Greg, Greg Monroe or something like that, like there's no point in not filling up the 15th spot. With, a, with some sort of big. You just never know. Foul problems, you know, maybe we could play with him in Nas. Maybe Nas could play the power forward off the, the, the bench. But he, like we said, if it's, you know, the offensive rebound, if there's a game like the Clippers or whatever, you know, and we have to, you know, have these offensive rebounds, just three minutes here, three and a half minutes there, just whatever, just so we don't, just get abused down there. I think Greg Monroe is would be a good signing for this year. Is he the answer? No, but there's no point in the open. No, he's five fouls, you know. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's just something to he, you know, because you see, like you see D'Lo, you see Beasley, you see these guys, even Prince, you see him trying to box out these pigs and help out. 
but it's just not there, you know, and even Nas, you know. A lot of times Nas is on the court as the center. So, and he's not a big-time rebounder that way. So it's like you see us trying to box these guys out, but they're just like, and they're, they're, get, they're dropping their center gravity, and they're, they're getting all the right positioning, but they just, they're, they're six, seven inches taller, and they just go, excuse me, I'm just going to take this over your head. Pardon me. I'll go right back up, and that was an easy bucket. Good defense, though, on the original possession, and I appreciate that. However, we just got a bucket. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to sneak that Greg Monroe name in there. Any other items that you'd like to discuss before we shut this puppy down, sir? Uh, not particularly. I just think that, you know, let's get the momentum going into uh, the playoffs. And if we can watch, all of us are going to be watching Utah, and we're going to be watching our team. And, you know, we got these home games to take advantage of them. Your opponents are at least evenly matched, if not overmatched by you. So finish it off and, you know, get the seed you want so we can see a series because I'm really interested in seeing Finch in a series and seeing the squad in a series as opposed to maybe fighting to get in one and possibly not having that not go your way. It'd be nice to have those home games and, and a series. So let's go 3-0, and and we'll talk about that in a very good show next week. Yeah, Monday – We'll know. Next time in a week, we'll know where we stand. And even if it is the play-in, it's just, it's it's fun to be talking about this stuff in a meaningful way. It really is. Um, It's just great. It's been a fun season. And like I said, the future is bright on this squad. Um, But, yeah, good call on the the Finch and just our whole team in the playoffs, right? I want to see that best out of seven, um, even if it, you know, uh, even if we made the A spot and we had to play Phoenix, I still want to see if Chris Paul in the playoffs does get hurt. Knock on wood, I, I like Chris Paul a whole lot. I think he's very undervalued, and I think he's finally showing his value to everyone going, hey, I mean, did you see this coming, this Suns team, two, three years ago? No, you didn't because you were dogging them. But Chris Paul gets there. You know, he signed this dance real quick. He signed this contract a couple years ago, and everyone's like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? This is a horrible contract. And you're like, are you positive about that? Um, if he hadn't got hurt to where he could shoot right in the playoffs last year, they probably would have won the championship. So, um, yeah, man, next Monday, let's get it. Let's go 3-0. and Peace.